Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending some of that period of time here with us as we talk sports with you. BMW of Des Moines guest list. Looks like this. Uh, we're going to start at the bottom of the hour in our normal Tuesday spot with two of the regional teams. Well, the two surviving regional teams. Dave Sinekin covers the Packers. Uh, TheHeadCheese.com. He will join us at 10.30, 10.45. Nick Athen on the Kansas City Chiefs. He's in Kansas City, so he will uh, join us at 10.45. Chiefs, Bills, Packers, Niners. Pretty, a little dicey for the two regionals as they look to advance to their respective conference championship games. So that's the first hour of the program. In hour number two, we'll head to Lubbock, where we just got a tweet from our friend, from our friend Wayne Whips. What did he say, Trent? Temperature is 55 degrees. 55 and the sun shining and beautiful Lubbock's funny. I was wondering about him. Hadn't heard from him in a while. So right on cue. There he is. Anyways, uh, they'll play the game indoors, uh, Whipper, so it really doesn't matter. But glad you're enjoying the sunshine uh, down in Lubbock, 55 degrees. But John Walters is there, and he will join us at 11.05. And then David Eicholt. Uh, HawkeyeInsider.com, part of the 24-7 umbrella. He will join us on the Hawks. They play tomorrow in Rutgers. Uh, and we will, I guess, <laughs> go back and revisit one more time uh, the Gazette piece that was published on Sunday. And then the blowback, the fallout, it began and it got the wave got larger and larger. And Ferentz put out a statement yesterday. And... Um, I'm just glad I wasn't part of it. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, right. It's a uh, so John Step, who along with Vanessa Miller. Now, I, do you know anything about her? Uh, I just know that yeah, she writes about the university a lot for the Gazette, but not sports necessarily. Right, correct, right? So is she, so what's what's her? Um, is she kind of an investigative Invest- reporter? Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. that'd be fair. Uh, and then John Step, who took over for uh, Leah Van, mm-hmm. who came in and covered the the Hawkeyes for a couple of weeks. Um, well, to be fair, a couple of months. But it wasn't much longer than that, was it? No, she was on the beat the year before. Oh, was she? Yeah. Okay. Well, re- um, regardless, um, that's John Stepp took her spot when she went to LSU, I want to say, the LSU beat. Mm-hmm. Um, so John Stepp gets there in October, and his name comes out on that piece yesterday. Didn't do a lot to ingratiate himself to Hawkeye fans with the piece, but look... That's not the job as a journalist, though. No, it's not. I totally agree with you. What the job of a journalist is, I think, and where if the Gazette could go back and do this over again... And look, there's I, I think Ference, if he could do it over again, he would respond to their questions. 
uh, because he had to know that this was going to be a damning article. As we talked yesterday, this was not a secret amongst the uh, everyday press that cover Iowa. I mean, Doc said he'd heard about the uh, the meeting uh, in October, and there were whispers that this article was com- going to be coming out. So it wasn't going to be a puff piece by any means. So mm-hmm. maybe had they responded. But where it comes to the Gazette, my criticism of them is uh, they talked to David Porter. Period. Right. They got one guy's view. Um, of a committee that has, what, 10? Ten, 10 members. 10 members. And it was very apparent very quickly that Jordan Lomax, who I think kind of spoke for the other nine, mm-hmm. um, although I'm not sure that he would uh, want to be um, characterized as doing that. but He was speaking for himself, though. True. But he, but he did say that he, it was his sense that, and I'm paraphrasing here, that the rest that, that there were more... Uh, that felt his way right. uh, on this. That you know, we didn't see it like that at all. So, as I said yesterday, as we said yesterday, David Porter crossed the line. He wasn't the mandate. Wasn't you know do a um, do a report card on the um, uh, the X's and O's right. uh, on Iowa football. Here's the thing, Trent. Uh, I'm glad this happened for one reason. If there was any the slim chance that this was going to go away and Hawkeye football was going to revert back to what it was. I'm not saying they're going to hire Chris Doyle. Right. But if it was going to start trending in that direction, a bad direction again, there's no way that that's going to happen now. Right. The other thing, Xavier Wampka grew up here mm-hmm. in the backyard, right? This is essentially. You're right. In, in, if there would have been any buzz, anything to the – um, the folks out there that do believe that this is a racist program, that there has been absolutely no change. This is a kid who could have literally gone anywhere, and that's not hyperbolic. Yeah. And he chose Iowa. Right. And you had to think that if there was something, kids that grew up in the state of Iowa would have their finger on it, as opposed to you know guys coming from other places in the country. They just put together one of their best recruiting classes that they've that's had. Just it. Combine that with the fact that the transfer portal is bursting at the seams. And five guys have left. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, playing times at the, mm-hmm. at the crux of the ones that come to mind, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you're, like you said, five guys have left. And you not say 25, five, not 15. Five guys left. Oh, well, maybe that seems like a lot. It's not. It's, it's the not. lowest yes. in the Big Ten right? during this time period. Yeah, glad you found that little nugget as yeah. to how, where it ranks uh, amongst conferences. So it was a um, certainly a talker. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> and uh, we got the reemergence of what Jade on Twitter. He is back. and Yeah, you know, I never caught on to that guy's uh, shtick. I mean, he was uh, he's a he's a media hater yeah. by the sounds of things, and he loves to rub the media's nose in it when they get it wrong. Yeah. Um, look at this is when when you print something like that, it's um, you better have your you better have your ducks in a row mm-hmm. because you're taking on a very powerful fan base as far as their love for that program. And even if you're mostly right, um, it's it's going to be tough to convince the people because there's just I mean. There's just no convincing some, even if there was something, and there wasn't. You said it, I thought, perfectly yesterday. David Porter went from being a part of helping the program to becoming a fan and being pissed off about Brian Ference's ineptitude Mm -hmm. as an offensive coordinator. But I still think that there is a piece of this as we look and view the names that are still involved in the lawsuit against the university and the football program, former players, there's still a big piece of this, and it's Brian Ferentz. Mm -hmm. And... That side of it is a big part. Him being named in this lawsuit, him being named in a lot of the discretions. Doyle fell on the sword. He was ultimately the one that lost his job. Mm-hmm. 
But Brian Ferentz was also a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a guy that has that hanging over his head. Yep. You have the nepotism angle. Yep. And you have one of the worst offenses in college football. Right. I mean, those and are. That was enough for David Porter. We've said it before, and even leaving those other two factors alone, just talking about him as a football coach. Yeah, he's not good. If his last name wasn't Ferris, no, he's gone. He wouldn't be the offensive coordinator. Right, right. And if you have those other two things and a pretty good offense, mm-hmm. he might not be the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. But that is where the nepotism angle comes into it. And this goes back to the conversation six, seven years ago when he got the job and the problem that comes with it. It's not that he got the job because he was standing on third base and thought he hit a triple. That's not the reason. Right. It's things like this that come up, and Dad's not going to fire him. No. It's not going you, to happen. You wouldn't fire Jack if 20 years from now, <laughs> no. you, you and it's Condon and Condon. Right. I, and I Jack sucks. And I, I, right. Nah, he's pretty good. What are you guys talking Precisely, about? Precisely, yeah. It's, it's not going to happen. I get that. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's, just, it's, it's, um, it's impossible. Yeah. You, you hope that, um, that Sonny Boy sees the writing on the wall and does it to himself and takes another job, but... I don't know. I don't think that's going to be the I don't, the end game here. We shall see. But to your point, the lawsuit is still going forward. Now, Kirk Ferentz is no longer part of that lawsuit. Right. Uh, his name, I think, was originally on it, but has been um, uh, no longer part of it. But Brian is. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, when is it, 2000, spring of 2023, this is supposed to go. It's a ways off yet. Right. I, I think it's uh, early 2023. Tre- it's going to certainly be something that bears watching? Will there be a settlement? Will there be um, the parties that filed the lawsuit? Will they just decide to pack it up, knowing that uh, you know, we're not going to win this thing and we're tired of throwing good money after bad? Maybe it's done on a contingency basis. I don't know what the legal fees would be, but it's going to be something to watch in the spring of 2023. It was certainly an eventful oh, 24-hour period. Now, the Gazette's not backing down. Mm-hmm. They're not backing down. They said that, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, it was another member of the Gazette that came out and um, essentially not accused is not the right word, uh, but wrote that Iowa is you know putting their spin on this. Look, Ferris said right in the, that they were going to reconstitute, and that's not the word to use, but along those lines, that this wasn't going away. They were going to you know make some changes to it. And now, if there was any thought, any thought, not saying there was, but if there was any thought of, you know, we've it's been a couple of years. There's been enough time that's passed. Nobody will remember this thing. Let's just um let's just um, you know pack this thing in. Let's just let's just um you know move forward. That's not going to happen. This this is going to stay in place going forward and maybe be strengthened. Another part is getting more and more members that are more recently, recent. yes. yes. Matt yes. Bowen, it's been a long time. Yes. I went to school with Matt. Right. We're old. Yeah. We're in our 40s. Robert Gallery, that was a long time ago. Uh-huh. The world is different yeah. than it was when those guys are out there. For so sure. that's also a piece that Kirk wants to do. He also wants and to And I bring, like that part of it. Yes. Yep. Guys that are more recent and, and figuring that part of it out. So the terminology that was used by the Gazette, frankly, it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. It's not dissolved. It's still there. Yes. The current grouping of the 10 members. It's going to be different. That is. Now, there may still there may, may be some carryover from that group mm-hmm. into the Could next be. one. Here's what I like about it, Trent. And help me out with Chick's last name. Ajaisi? Ajaisi, yeah. Ajaisi. I don't remember his career. I remember his name. I don't he was remember. a cornerback. Yeah, I, remember, I knew he was in the defense, the secondary. I think he got beat a couple of times against the Wolverines in that 2005, that epic game. That was about that period of time. Yep. So... 
Not a star. No. Right? You look at that group that was put together. These aren't the who's who of Iowa football. Right. And Chick, because uh, I looked him up last night, he went to work for the Titans. He worked for the University of Iowa after his playing career mm-hmm. and then went on to the Titans. Do you think Ferentz helped him with the Titans? Um, I do. Yes, absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. So here's a kid, and he's not the only one um, that kind of fits this mold, if you will. These aren't these aren't the the guys that carried Iowa football to unseen high. Bob Sanders isn't on that list, right? These aren't the who's who of Iowa football. These are guys that were down to the depth chart that were included in this group. And as we've seen, I would be shocked if Chick didn't go to Kirk and say, you know what, I'm, I'm thinking of trying a dip of my toe into the NFL. Do you know anybody with the Titans? Or the job came open. And can you help me out? Yes. And I would have to think that Kirk Ferentz, with, with his body of work, with his connections in the league, having his name as a reference, going to help. No doubt. Going to help. So I just think that the uh, Gazette, they should have gone further with their, you know, instead of just settling with David Porter, where Pat Hardy and Rob Howe fit into this, and there's been a lot of arrows uh, shot at them. Mm-hmm. How do these guys get press credentials? They should never be allowed to set foot on uh, at any uh, Iowa event uh, ever again. Yeah, come on. Um, what 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 was their what was their I guess indiscretion? What did what did Hart, Hardy wrote a piece for his website, right? Yeah, yep. Hawkeye fanatic. Did he was he accusatory? Did he kind of? I mean, I'm guessing he took the Gazette side in this. Yeah, it felt that way. Okay, and I just skimmed it on Sunday night. I didn't dig real deep into it, so I, I think you just kind of know usually where those avenues are going to go. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's so he, was he was he overly critical? Like you and I yesterday, mm-hmm. while we understood, we thought we understood what was going on and tapped the brakes because he didn't say our. Criticism, I think, was started and stopped with the optics. Right. Right, with the Absolutely. optics yeah. that this came out. So, again, this goes back to Iowa, who I got to you know blame a little bit here. They could have halted those optics. Yes. They could have agreed. Because, look, the Gazette reached out. They had to, what's it, what's it about? It's not going to be, you know, a, a puff piece on Phil Parker and we're going to get a <laughs> quote for you. Yeah. We're going to write this piece because we have this information and we heard about this half hour call that ended up being two and a half. And subsequent to that, we've seen, um, we, we've seen the blowback. We've seen the David Porter. We've seen he wants you fired. Dot, 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 dot. Um, I don't know. And it would have been pretty easy for Iowa to put together kind of the release that they ultimately did right. after the piece and right. said, not the terminology that mm-hmm. was used in the Gazette, that it's dissolving. It is evolving. It is changing. Right. The structure is changing. And that was in their own email that they published that that, that's what they were doing. Well, PR has never been a strong suit for the University of Iowa Athletic Department. That's 100% true. Now, they're better. They need to look at the bar was set real low. I don't know if they had the same PR team as the college football playoff, but both those organizations (laughs) stink at it. Right. Well, what was, you remember when McCaffrey was high? Boy, I had fun with this. Um, Let's get mad again. Let's get mad again. He's mad. <laughs> uh, Nate joins the program. Nate, welcome. Thanks for being patient. How are you? Oh, doing good. I, these stories that pop up like this, like, when are we going to start holding the people that, like, make these stories accountable for it? Because, I mean, if, I'm, if I've read 
everything right. I, I guess I don't know who at the Gazette made the story, but they said, you know, they started this fire by saying, you know, hey, Kurt Barrett just got an extension. Now he's dissolving this, and they made it. You know, they. You could tell they purposely tried to make this about race all over again. And now if I'm reading the statement right, like, it's not being dissolved. It's players that were on it actually said, like, hey, we want to contribute to this, but we can't. Mm -hmm. So we want to be off of it and get people that can actually help. Yeah, I, I, I see it the same way, Nate. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, I do wish that I would have, would have at least uh, sent that release out in advance of the article hitting mm-hmm. the Sunday Gazette or wherever it was. It had to be in the paper, right, uh, on right. Sunday. Um, yeah, but as far as how to, how, holding them accountable, I mean, I, my it's, assumption is there'll be a lot of subscriptions canceled, but I don't know. Like, do you really want to do that? like... I, yeah, I don't know, because, like, you get, even the Des Moines Register does it. We went, I listen to Morning Rush. They bring 5 in the morning, and, yeah. you know, it seems like once a month, 5 is on there talking about something that Des Moines Register puts out. And it's a, and they, they get away by saying, well, it's an op-ed, it's an opinion, not an actual report. And I, I just, I don't know. I mean, there's so much that goes on now in the world, and then, like, when are we going to start? Losing subscriptions, or I mean, I don't know. It, it's just it's frustrating seeing newspapers or you know reporters that they just want the clickbait, and once they get it, they that's how they get their money. I, I don't know. It, they, a lot just, of them want to be first. There's a race to be first. And Nate, I appreciate the call, and I appreciate you listening. Thank you, and call anytime. You know, I saw one of the somebody that works for the Gazette, and I think they might have been the headline writer, and she relented a little bit and said. The terminology that I use in the headline could have been better. Okay, you so know, that might be the, the 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 lady that I saw. Was, it, was she on Twitter that you read yes, this? Yeah. yeah, I saw that. I think it's probably the same one. And that kind of goes into it, but ultimately, and headline writers, Trent, they can throw the the <laughs> author of the piece, the, yeah. the the writer, under the bus because Absolutely. there's been some horrible headlines where a story you just see the headline and what's in the body of the story had nothing to do with it, or certainly you went down a path that that's right. not what I meant. You know, clickbait. Yeah, it's bad. Because you just, but ultimately, remember, these are businesses. Mm-hmm. They are businesses. And yes, they want people to click. Right. We're you not know. picking up the newspaper anymore. Right. The newspaper's not at the front step anymore like it used to be, sadly. So you're looking for anything that you can do uh-huh. to get people to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I did give credit there because we see journalists so often that will not relent, that will dig in their heels mm-hmm. every single time. And she said, yeah, I, I could have used better terminology mm-hmm. in that one. Credit there, because Nate's right. You know, the, the whole fake news thing drove me nuts yeah. as it became a big part of our lexicon and, mm-hmm. and a conversation piece. But there are pieces of it that you kind of look at and say, okay, I understand where this thought process comes from. Because a lot of times it is you read through it and you say, what else is there? Isn't there another part of this? And I think the Gazette piece is part of it. You got it from one guy, mm-hmm. David Porter. That, that's where they aired. Yep. That's where they there aired. There needed to be more. Yep. There needed to be more. They needed to get back into it. Go talk to somebody else on the committee. Was there a rush? Did they, did they get wind that somebody else was about to publish a similar story uh, along these lines and went forward to? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know the economics of the Gazette. I do know that the Gazette is, the Cedar Rapids Gazette is now published in Des Moines, I believe, right? I think the Register is publish, publishing uh, the Gazette and then shipping it back out east. Um, look, newspapers are in, are in trouble and, and full disclosure, both Trent and I have a lot of friends uh, in the newspaper business yep. and, and we're rooting for them.
absolutely rooting for them because there's an important piece. There to absolutely is journalism. a role for this. Yes. Yeah, canceling subscriptions. Like I, I've seen it for years. Oh, Randy Peterson. I'll never. I'm never going to read the Register again. Yep. Or fill in the blank. Uh, whoever whoever has, happens to be in your crosshairs, you and I, or any of the talkers that have come before us are on this station. I'll never to listen to that station again Mark until Hansen. they're there. My grandpa said it probably about two dozen times right? after I would get yes. beat. And he read the Sunday of the Big Peach, yeah. and he'd be pissed off that Mark Hansen was being mean to the Hawkeyes. And that's also the way of the job. Mm-hmm. You get that as a journalist. We get that as talkers. That's. Yeah, I thought you were going to lump us into journalists. No, 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 no. We, we, we are, we are a separate we're two entity guys at the bar that. with microphones. That's exactly what we are. It's, but you're going to get that. You have to be used to it. You have to grow some thick skin. Mm-hmm. But you also have to come in and understand that that's going to be a part of the job. And I know Vanessa Miller and John Stepp when they wrote this article, they knew. Get ready. Yeah. The I'm not sure coming. they thought to the extent. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> because you can certainly poke holes in uh, poke holes in the piece. But yeah, I mean, John's, John stepped three months on the job. <laughs> you know, this is a paper, I remind you, that not too long ago had Mike Loss, who's mm-hmm. a weird guy, but boy, he's brilliant. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think a lot of times those two ha- go hand in hand. Mark Morehouse and Scott Dockerman. That's a pretty damn good lineup. That's a heavy hitter. Isn't that something? Yes. And now Doc is with the Athletic, and Mark is, I think he's pouring beer. Yeah. Ingolina. <laughs> is that what he did? Good yep. for him. Just had enough of this and wants to, you know, pour beers. Um, and, of course, Halas is still there. But it's, um, yeah. I don't think the they, they got the, re- the intended response they thought that they were going to when it uh, came out. Um, now, Hardy's also got a radio show, right? And apparently he, he had David Porter on his show yesterday. And mm-hmm. uh, there was a back and forth between him and Jordan Lomax. I don't know. It's I use this expression a lot. Trent does, too. It's kind of good for business, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, for our business. We got basketball going on. Yes, and I'm glad that we're not the focus of this, that we can opine from a kind of a sideline view of it. Um, Anyways, Uh, so the game last night, before we move on and start our. Oh, yeah, there was a game last night. Now, well, that was bad. I mean, Trent, this was was awful. Kyler Murray was terrible. How about Mr. Monday Night? Boy, he had that one. You clobbered it. You went out on top, my friend, is what you did. With a definitive, this is going to be the Rams' night. And you were right. Uh, this was never the Cardinals' night. They were in a whole 21 zip. I mean, that 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 panic move uh, from Kyler Murray. He was seeing ghosts. He was seeing ghosts. Mm-hmm. And it has such another one that has a negative connotation because of what happened in that Jets game on Monday night when mm-hmm. it mic'd up. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. that's such a, Every quarterback sees it at some point. But that was Kyler. There was nobody there, and he's yeah. spinning out of it, and he's getting Ooh. outside the pocket, and he just never could get comfortable inside of there. This Rams team, when they're right, and they were right yesterday. And you know really what? Because I've been killing Matt Stafford. I've not thought that he'd played well. Now um, it was pointed out. Um, so I started watching the uh, um, Monday Night Countdown right at five o'clock because I knew that the curtain's okay. coming down. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, this is it. I love it. I'm I'm going to watch as much of it. And they, it was really good. It was. I thought it was really, really well done. But I didn't realize the toe injury that he suffered mm-hmm. and the fact that he really couldn't push off, and that's why maybe he looked so bad uh, against the Niners. But he was really good yesterday. Credit where credit is due. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., my God. 
Maybe he can play, right? Maybe there was something left. Maybe it was a Cleveland issue right. uh, and not an OBJ issue because, boy, he was terrific in that football game. In a game where Cooper Cup, and they made a concerted right. effort to take him out of the yeah. game. And they were, for the most part, successful. Mm-hmm. Till what was that in the third quarter when he made those like back-to-back plays? Mm-hmm. And that one where he slipped up the side. He just, he's so, so shifty. He knows the game so well. It was, it was a really good piece. Steve Young, Cooper Cup, who was, it was live at about, oh, I don't know, 90 minutes before kickoff. Okay. And you don't see too many athletes willing to do that. Mm-hmm. He spent like, I don't know, eight or 10 minutes throwing the ball around with Randy Moss, Cooper Cup, and Steve Young. And oh, they were all great. mic'd up. And it was, they do a good job. Uh, ESPN, that's their strength, I think, is how they handle Monday Night Football and the NFL in general. Because Sam Ponder and that crew, Ryan and Brewski um, and um, um, Hasselbeck and Moss, it's a pretty good, that's a pretty good Sunday morning show. What's the most likely team from the NFC West to win the Super Bowl? Win the Super Bowl, the 49ers or the Rams? <laughs> Both have to obviously go on the road this week. Right. Um, Who's most likely to win it all? Help me out with Bosa and Warner. Warner appears... He's going to play. Yes. Bosa, He's in concussion protocol. Yes, too early to tell. Okay. And Billy Turner is back, and Mm -hmm. Bakhtiari is back. And Aaron Rodgers still quarterbacking, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. It's the Packers in the playoffs. (laughs) Uh, And then conversely, here's Trent. I think it's... I think it's the Rams. I do, too. I do, too. And I like this 49ers team. Uh-huh. I'm rooting for both of them. But we, last weekend, ultimately, kind of stunk. Let's be honest. Trent, the, margin, the average margin of victory was 17 points. Yeah. That says a lot right, right. there. It's a good thing we had Cowboys Niners and all the... And that took a long time just to get there. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that much, took kid. three plus quarters to even right. get to the point where it was right. even compelling. It was just the 49ers really dominating that game. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, it was a lot of yuck. Yeah, was this Jimmy weekend, Garoppolo with a couple of other bad plays. I love every single one of these games. I think all four of them are going to be good, compelling, tight. How many games. road teams win? Top of your head right now. Two. Okay. Can one of them be the Bills? No. Okay. So you like the you you're like, talking about good for business. <laughs> yeah, that's true, right? Except it's those stinking Chiefs. And I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm way better than I used to be. Anyways, we will do this. Uh, time for another keyword. The Packers are in the spotlight next with our friend Dave Sinekin. He is, after all, theheadcheese.com. That is his blog. Time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Uh, go to kxno.com. Once you get there, enter the keyword deposit. KXNO.com. Deposit. That's your chance to win $1,000. Deposit at KXNO.com. Dave Seneca next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.com. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Condon, 25 minutes before the hour of 11. One of my favorite intros to a song. That this is it? It really is. Always have loved it. I find some good ones for you. Yes, you do, and it pumps me up, and I'm grateful. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. It's the Packers and the Niners. It's Saturday Night Football, and I can't wait. Dave Sinekin, how are you? 
I'm great. Uh, good to talk to you guys, and uh, now we get to some real playoff football. Yeah, the, the first weekend, although you know, I'm never going to turn my nose up at football, good or bad, um, I'm ready for these games to be uh, back and mm-hmm. forth like uh, we did, certainly didn't see this weekend for the most part. So here come the Niners. You get Billy Turner back. I saw your tweet, and I couldn't agree with it more. Billy Turner versus Bosa, dependent upon uh, Bosa, Nick Bosa, whether he's – because that was nasty, Dave, uh, that, that injury that he uh, suffered. Yeah. Um, and it was friendly fire by the looks of the thing. So what are you hearing on those two Niners, Warner, who is a terrific player in his own right, and Bosa? What do you anticipate? I guess I'll be surprised if Bosa plays. Um, the concussion protocol is obviously not a team thing. Independent neurologists will check him out. It's a, a short week, you know, Sunday to Saturday. So, yeah, sure, he could get cleared, but I think that one's a bit dicey. Fred Warner via Instagram said, you know, sorry to scare everybody, I'm good to go. So apparently uh, the ankle injury is not going to keep him from playing, which, uh, you know, from a Packers perspective, I wouldn't have minded him sitting this one out. Right. <laughs> He's a great, great player yes. and a great tackler, and, and the Packers are going to need to lean on that running game. But, you know, we'll see if that ankle is 100% on a 10 or 12 degree cold, windy night at Lambeau and, mm. and whether he's able to be Fred Warner. But uh, my guess is he plays Bosa. I, I would bet against it, but it, there's certainly a chance. Some revisionist history, though. But if Dallas would have beat the 49ers, you'd be playing the Rams this week, the Packers would be. Who would you prefer if you got the choice, who you got, the 49ers, or taking on the Rams in the divisional round? Yeah, I was on record as wanting anybody but the 49ers. Not, mm. not that I fear them, but uh, the Packers just beat the Rams about a month ago. And give me Matthew Stafford in January at Lambeau, and, and I'll take my chances. <laughs> That's yeah. a very good team. But, but San Francisco is built for the pole. They're a physical team. Uh, they'll, they'll run it down your throat and not rely on their quarterback. You know, Green Bay's strength defensively is their cornerbacks, their pass rush. Um, and that's not something that the Niners uh, are going to test too much, I don't think. So you look at the, the past history, they've knocked Green Bay out of the playoffs the last three times they've met. Obviously, different teams, different circumstances, but it's still there. Um, so I just think the fact that the, the style of football, the physical aspect of that team on both sides of the ball, uh, is the toughest opponent of the four Green Bay could have faced this weekend. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, Niners are certainly playing good football, with the exception of Jimmy Garoppolo. He's uh, bound to make a, a mistake, as we saw in the in the Dallas game, and really open the door for them. Well, regardless if Bosa plays or not, Billy Turner apparently is going to. Bakhtiari is back. He played uh, in Detroit. At least it was on the trip. I'm assuming he played. I didn't see too much of that uh, game. There was other things going on, but. Um, Help me out with the offensive line. Uh, those were those are the only well, Turner maybe the biggest question mark. Or what are you hearing? Yeah, Turner. We should hear I think today or tomorrow uh, when they all return to practice. Turner had been dealing with the knee injury, missed the last four or five games, that then landed on the COVID list. But he came off of that. You know, Dennis Kelly filled in really admirably at right tackle. So you know, I'm not going to panic if Kelly's out there, but I think there's a really good chance that for the very first time this season. Green Bay is going to have its preferred offensive line on the field hmm. with Bakhtiari at left tackle, John Runyon at left guard, rookie Josh Myers back at center. Both Bakhtiari and Myers played about 30 snaps against the Lions, and my concern with both is just their conditioning on a cold night if they can handle up four quarters. But they're both out there. They're going to slide Lucas Patrick in at right guard. He's been playing center while Myers was out, and they're going to, I think, keep the rookie Royce Newman on the bench and slide Patrick over to right guard. That's what they did against the Lions. And then Turner, if he's back at right tackle, 
that's their preferred offensive line. They've not been together all that's season, crazy. so there's no cohesion per se, but, um, you know, fairly outside of center, a pretty veteran group. And, uh, boy, a sight for sore eyes to have the preferred five finally on the field together. Debo Samuel, Ooh. he is just <laughs> a player unlike any that we've seen, certainly in recent history in the NFL. Since November when they put him at the running back spot, a traditional running back role at times, he scored rushing touchdowns in seven of the last nine games, and, of course, we know what he can also do in the passing game. How do you combat that? What's the game plan for the Packers going into the game Saturday night? Yeah, Trent, he's a special player, there's no doubt. And when these two teams met at week three, they, they looked a lot different offensively because Debo was not running the football and Elijah Mitchell was not active. And, and Green Bay handled that running attack, held him to three yards per carry, and really dominated that game until the final moments when the Niners finally took a lead and then Rodgers got the 30-second drive to win it. Uh, it's hard because they do so much misdirection. They move him around the field. Green Bay's defense you know, is susceptible to you kind of fall in for gadget plays. and We've seen it a little bit. They kind of lose their discipline. They get out of their lanes. They try to do too much. And I think Shanahan's going to take advantage of that with Debo Samuel, moving him all over the field and, and trying to confuse Green Bay's defense. And, you know, frankly, I don't, I don't think you stop Debo Samuel. I think he'll get his yards. They're going to put the ball in his hands as much as possible. It's just you got to tackle them. You know, you can't give them yards after the catch. That's what that offense is built around, whether it's Samuel or Kittle. For Ayuk, that's what they do. Short passes and watch them go. Green Bay's been a good tackling defense. They've got to be on their game. They just have to be because, in my mind, you put eight guys in the box all night long to combat Samuel as a running back, mm-hmm. to combat Elijah Mitchell, to try to get Jimmy G into second and third and longs and, and take your chances. Because Green Bay's corners, you get Jair back, which we expect. Eric Stokes, Rasul Douglas, mm-hmm. let them go one-on-one against those outside receivers and dare Jimmy G to try to win that battle. I think Green Bay has the advantage there. So it's all about, to me, stopping that running game, whether it's Samuel or Mitchell. I expect Debo to put up 100 yards. Uh, What i got to stop is is Jimmy G making big plays. I think Green Bay's secondary is up to the challenge this weekend. I think that's an excellent point, Dave. I think that that we may look back on this game and and see that you are spot on because, you know, of the eight quarterbacks that are remaining, I think it's a pretty big gap even between seven and eight, and that's where Garoppolo clearly resides uh, with the eight quarterbacks that are still left in the postseason. Let him try and beat you because we've seen, we saw this past weekend, just some mind-numbing mistakes that he made late in that football game and allowed Dallas uh, to to have a, well, more than a glimmer of hope. They had a chance had the clock not run out, but um, I think that's a great point. That Jimmy G beat you, and he's clearly the worst of the remaining quarterbacks. And he's dealing with a sore shoulder now that kept him out of practice, or they're concerned about how much he'll practice. The thumb is still not 100%. As I said, it's going to be a cold night. You know, he's he's got some pressure on him. You know, he's he's going to be replaced. He's mm-hmm. going to be looking for a new job, so he's he's auditioning. So he's a motivated quarterback, which is a good thing for him. But it also, I think, will, will force him into trying maybe to do a little bit too much. Green Bay has been a much better takeaway team than the 49ers have. Green Bay does not give the ball away. The 49ers do. And as you said, Jimmy G just inexplicably will give you the ball from time to time. So, yeah, that's the big difference, obviously. Rodgers and Jimmy G on either side of the field. And, and ultimately, I think that's the difference in this game. You know, I know you don't do this for traffic at theheadcheese.com, but Dave, when the Packers are in the playoff, do, do you see, does, does traffic at theheadcheese.com, does it increase or do you hold steady throughout the entire season? 
Yeah, it spikes a little bit, Does I it? think, yeah. but, but it really spikes on Vikings Week for me with, uh, <laughs> yeah. with uh, you know, where I'm situated here and all the Vikings fans like to read up on Vikings Week. But, yeah, again, it's it's more of a passion project, fun. I don't monetize it. I just right. have some fun. I'm a frustrated sports writer, and so it gives me a chance to just do some of that. Dave, we'll get a little bit of time. Get a victory this week, and we'll talk a little Wolves basketball with you, too. want to talk about that team. That sounds great. They're a lot of fun to yeah. watch, and uh, it's just nice to see some quality basketball after all these years and, and some exciting young players. They are a fun watch. Indeed. Dave and you can hear him on our sister station in the Twin Cities, KFAN, on Saturday mornings as they do talk a lot of Timberwolves and, of course, Packer Preview, and you'll be on the air this Sunday at what time, Dave? The recap. Uh, 8 o'clock. It'll be a Packer Review, obviously, yeah. the morning after the game. So uh, it'll be the rare Packer Review this weekend. Good stuff, Dave. Thanks for doing this for us. As always, we'll speak with you next week. Appreciate it. You got it, guys. Take care. Thank you. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. From the Packers to the Chiefs, Nick Athens standing by next. Primetime sportstalk.com. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Rick and Long Association. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Uh, thanks to Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com from the Chiefs, from the Packers rather, to the Chiefs. He's Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. Here comes Buffalo in Kansas City. We saw this game, what, Nick, middle of October, right before the uh, Chiefs got uh, became the Chiefs again. Um, it's going to be an entirely right. different situation. But let's go back before we go forward. Uh, Chiefs Twitter was certainly uh, fun to be follow, to be watching in the first quarter of that football game uh, before they turned it on and uh, you know pulled away. Um, what went wrong early in the football game? Was it just they were stale and um, you know they don't think it's a problem? Obviously, they at the in the end of the day moved on and went, moved on convincingly. What went wrong early? Well, I think the the first fifteen plays that were scripted didn't really pan out. I think that the the Steelers defense made some changes and some adjustments. Um, you know, from that first encounter, kind of slowed the roll down a little bit. But obviously, it worked. The turnover didn't help. Um, you know, both turnovers didn't help. To be honest with you, but it, you know, they figured it out, and Mahomes just became Mahomes again and turned on the magic and. You know what? Six drives, uh, all touchdowns consecutively. You know, 42 points in 10 minutes of, pl- of clock time. Uh, probably the <clears throat> single most incredible offensive spurt I've seen in covering this league in a long time. But I think That's Andy made the adjustments. Andy made the adjustments, and they were able to make it work. Yeah, I saw what Buffalo did Saturday night. Said, "Well, we got to answer here a little bit," and they certainly did <laughs> yeah, that uh, from exactly. the middle of the second quarter on. <laughs> hey, Jared McKinnon, we, we saw this guy obviously a lot. We watch a lot of Vikings football here in this market, and always was impressed by the talent. But the way that they kind of unlocked him, and it seems like just such a perfect fit with what Kansas City does. Seems like he's the perfect complement to it. How much playing time going forward for McKinnon? Well, I mean, Williams is still hurt. Edwards Lair is not yet 100%. Even mm-hmm. he practices all week. Um, this is the guy you ride. I mean, you know, uh, I remember the final. Nick, we're having a lot of trouble with your phone, brother. We're having a ton of trouble with your phone. Um, do want to take a couple of steps to the left or the right, see if that helps out, but we're having trouble. Here's the injury. Yeah, 
Yeah, we can't hear you, brother. Um, now, is this better? No, not not. Well, yeah, go ahead. How about now? Is that yeah. Still crackly. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm I do my best here. I'm gonna go by this window. How's that better? Yeah, we'll we'll try. If we if we have to move on, we have to yeah. move on. But uh, finish finish your point on the running game, Nick. So I think with McKinnon, yep. um, it was a signing they did on draft day, and it, it seemed to work out well. And I think they just need to ride him going forward. That makes the most sense because he really understands this offense. Yeah, and your phone's much better, so don't move. Because uh, I want to ask you about McCall Hardman, who's really turning in. And, and maybe he was always, he had this within him. But I thought, you know what, when the whole Tyreek Hill stuff hit the fan, this was the speedster they were going to bring in, and they were going to try and turn him into Tyreek Hill. Well, he's, he's carving out his own spot on this team uh, in, in the return game. My God, he's something to watch. Yeah, he's done a turnaround. It's about four weeks ago that he kind of came on. You know, the biggest knock on McCall Hartman is that he just didn't understand the playbook and the complexities and having him on the You know, double on Hill and on Kelsey, and someone else had to emerge. And they're using him in a way that, that benefits the simplicity of the offense for him and is able to use his speed skills. And in the return game, you know, they have a lot of trust in him. So I think you're going to see Tyreek Hill back there a little bit this weekend. Mm. I just got a, I just got a gut feeling, but and you know he's turned it on. He's playing for a job next year. Mm-hmm. You know he's a good kid. He just has to get a good grasp of the offense. But you know to his detriment, the, the Andy Reid and Airbnb were trying to force things, have him do things he wasn't capable of doing, not utilizing his speed. And we saw what he did against Denver. I mean he pretty much won that game for Kansas City with the plays that he made to stretch that defense that allowed a lot of other things to open up. And then you saw him with some, some nice play, um, you know, the other night as well. So if he can continue to play like that, then teams like Buffalo or Cincinnati or San Francisco, Francisco, Green Bay, whoever the Chiefs face down the road, um, they're going to have to deal with another weapon. And then you add McKinnon on top of that, then suddenly this offense has, you know, the four corners covered. And uh, teams are not going to be able to sit back in the dump anymore because Chiefs are just going to get too many yards in the uh, areas. Oh, your phone's still a little wobbly, Nick, so we appreciate it. We're going to let you go. Thanks for doing this for us. Uh, we will catch up with you next week. Thank you, Nick Athen. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks a lot. Yep. Appreciate it. Yep. Good to talk to you. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. Apologies to the audience for the wobbly, warbly, what's the, what's warbly? the word? Warbly yeah. phone. Um, I don't know. Technology. It is, right? You think yes. that we've been dealing with this for a long time. Uh, so th- that that game itself, it wasn't much of a game when they played earlier, but this was a different Chiefs team It was, then. yeah. And maybe a different Buffalo team. I know they look great on sat- Saturday night, mm-hmm. but Buffalo's been so inconsistent this year. The one thing that has been such a huge improvement is using Josh Allen again more as a runner, and they've done that over the last month, is using him in the run game so much more. You just go back to that first yeah, New England game. He's such a low coming at you, Trent. He's a 6'5", 240. Mm-hmm. Just, he's built like Elway. It's yeah, just and a, why did you put those two names in the same sense? Do I have to tell my story You got story to watch again? Elway. I got to watch Mike Tomzak. All right, Elway went off. to watch Josh Allen and said, you know, this is good, so we're going to draft We're going to draft Bradley Chubb. And, that this, and in he's doing great. that, Shaq Barkley, we don't, we don't need you. Well, here's the other thing. Do you think that that Denver organization would have unlocked this Josh Allen? Because no, I don't. No, because they hired Vance Joseph and followed up with Vic Fangio, and they're right. both two, two brilliant defensive minds, and they're about to go down that path again. You know they what? They want he'd a be? D coordinator. He'd be Brock Osweiler. Shorter. <laughs> but he'd be the same guy. I really believe that. I don't think that there are many staffs that wouldn't yeah. have been able to 
pull out this Josh Allen. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't the staff. It was, you know, remember I said it was uh, Jordan, who was a former quarterback's brother. And yeah. I said, uh, it was, I said, Rogers. Yeah. It's Jordan Palmer. Palmer, yeah. Carson Carson's Palmer's brother. brother. Yeah. That has helped him become the QB that he is. But to your point, yeah. The way he's running the football now, mm-hmm. that's a different dimension. Yes. And the Chiefs, it almost feels like that defensive improvement that we saw was a little bit of an not an anomaly, but they're not as good as they looked during that stretch of what four, five, six. When weeks. Chris Jones went back into the middle of the of the line, yeah, yeah, they're solid, uh-huh. but they're not great. No, I don't think any team that Danny Sorensen is on can be considered great. That's <laughs> a good point. I mean, he's carved out a nice career. I give him credit. He's got to score. Does Buffalo have to score thirty-one? I was going to say twenty-eight. Okay, and and probably that's low. You know what? I I like your number better. I do. Thirty-one wins it. Yes. Uh, if you're yes. Buffalo, yeah, thirty-one, and that's the late game Sunday. Yes, five o'clock, five thirty. Interesting. Hmm. 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 Um, what a great weekend! It's gonna. We it's, it's. It's. You know what? Every there's uh, divisional round is so many people's favorite round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I was all in on the wild card, and then the games weren't that close. And then you look at these eight surviving teams. We might be in for just... Did we go too far with the seventh team in the playoffs? No. More football. There's no it's such more football. Thing. No such thing as... But me. it was stinky football. It wasn't good. I'll give you that. Uh, this, this year was not good. There was a lot of blowouts in those games. Um, we're going to head to Lubbock when we come back. John Walters is there. In fact, the entire team is there. Because they play tonight, so it's a good for it place. You for think Hef's on the golf course? 55 degrees. We know he loves... There's a chance. I wouldn't put it past We'll ask John Walters. Uh, John will join us then. David Eicholt on the Hawks. Miller and Condon back with our number two. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.